Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We appointed nearly 300 federal judges and three great Supreme Court justices. And this week, those justices ruled to move our country forward with a merit-based system of education. How big is that? Isn't that big? Isn't that great? In other words, if you're a worker and you work very hard in school, you got fantastic marks, somebody that hasn't done nearly as well, who perhaps has not worked nearly as hard, will not be taking your place on a school, college, or at a university. They're not going to be. We're going by merit. We're back to the old merit system that built our country. That was a big one. Was back in the car this weekend listening to Yacht Rock Radio. This is the Gino Vanelli classic. I just want to stop. Something about this guy, this song, I don't know. It, I find it sexy. I, I, I can't explain it, but probably shouldn't say that with Lara on no. hold, but makes should go change, you know, cancel your sex change operation. Stop, it's Gino Vanelli. Okay, it's Gino Vanelli. Come on, he's Italian like Tony Darrow. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's in the Gravesend cast, I think. No, I don't think he is, no. (laughs) There's President Trump in South Carolina talking about this Supreme Court decision, which um, I got to play this audio from Stephen A. Smith. What a jackass. I'll play that at 8 o'clock. And then this Jamel Hill, how does she still have a job? She's a racist. She's a racist. You understand that? And she's out there writing the story in the Post, accuses Asians of carrying the water for white supremacy for backing the affirmative action decision. Carrying the water. Asians, the hardest working, maybe the most successful community we've got. This Jamel Hill is poison. With all that said, here she is, the best Trump of all. I mean it. I think Gilfoyle's mad at me. I really do. I don't care. Uh, Donald Trump's, I swear to God, Lara, I know Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, she used to be so nice to me. Now she's like so flippant. I don't know. I think she knows you and I are tight, so whatever. Well, maybe you should segue into her uh, with, like, starting with a sexy song like that. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I've had worse. <laughs> you do. Shows before, it, so that's all right. Admit it, you love Gino Vanelli, yes? I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> it's, it's, you know. Come on. I did see a great family picture of you and Eric. And one of your children, maybe more, in Westchester yesterday, yes? 
Oh, yeah, well, that, both of my kids were there. You could only see one of their faces because, of course, we took the photo right when the sun was glaring directly in everyone's eyes. And I was like, keep your eyes open. <laughs> but you can only do so much, Sid. Well, I know. And so, yeah, we got we got a couple of faces. I think my son is covering his face because the sun is in his eyes. But, yes, we had a lovely 4th of July as a family. Happy birthday to America. What a great day. Yeah, you're right. Before I get to this uh, SCOTUS decision, uh, people that don't know, Lara, of course, Eric, uh, New Yorkers, they have since moved down to uh, sunny South Florida. And we've had these discussions before. And quite frankly, the folks here in New York, the mayors, the governors, they're not nice to your father-in-law. They're not nice. And I, I could see why he would never come back here, even though he's still legendary in this town, in New York City. So when you come back, what's the first thing you think? Is it, wow, it's nice to be back or I can't wait to go home? Back to Florida. <laughs> I mean, we still, we still, of course, have a have a home in New York, and New York will always be part of all of us. Said, I mean, you just said it. Donald Trump is a legend in New York. He built the New York City skyline, and so he is so intertwined with the city. It's such a juxtaposition, I think, for all of us at this point to to like associate Donald Trump directly with New York City and New York, and then somehow people here you know, have such a, a, a disdain for him in some horrible way. Um, but we love it in both places, to be honest with you. I will say the weather has been much cooler in New York than it probably has been in Florida for the summer. So my dogs are happy. <laughs> I'm very pleased with that. And, and truly, we've gotten a very warm reception since we came back to New York. No, I'm sure you do. I mean, again, very anecdotal. I know the numbers don't go in my favor, but everybody I know in every borough, every borough, Lara, loves Donald Trump loves you and wants to see your father-in-law back in the White House. And I did play his cut about the decision last week. And I wish that our society did that with everything, not just admissions into colleges. But, you know, like I can't stand the Rooney rule in the NFL where you have to hire a black coach. I mean, if the guy's Tony Dungy, great. If not, so what? Or Hollywood these days where you have to have a black person on set or a gay person on set. I can't stand. We become a nation of quotas and honestly, that's not the way to go. This decision, I thought, was great. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I mean, anyone, I, you'd be hard-pressed, I think, to truly have two people debate this topic and have someone try to argue that the best way to, to move a society forward, a country forward, to allow people to achieve what they are you know, poised to achieve, to excel in life, is to give them something they didn't earn. You know, the the value and the pride in a hard day's work, I feel we are lo- losing in so many ways as a society. And you look at decisions like this, it reminds us why we have to work hard. That if you study more, if you are able to, to do better on a test, which, you know, they're getting rid of, uh, you know, testing and, and all these different scoring systems altogether, because they think it somehow helps our future generation. Of course, it does not. Merit-based systems work. That encourages people to work harder. And so, yes, I think this was a great decision, and it was the least racist decision. <laughs> By the way, th- this all started, you talk about, you know, that, the, that, that apparently Asians are, are holding the water for white supremacy. I mean, how ridiculous a notion, but there were so many um, Asians who had much higher test scores who were not admitted to so many of these universities and they said, wait a minute, what is going on here? How is this possible that we check all the boxes, all the scoring, all the things that you would need to to be admitted to, to a university like this? And then they were not. And so 
I think so many people see this and, and they understand that at the end of the day, this ruling was something positive. I hope it encourages people to work harder. And we should never want to just hand something out to someone based on how they look. And you don't have to look very far to see why it doesn't work. Look at our vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, who Joe Biden and all the Democrats were happy to tell us they only wanted as the vice president solely based on how she looks. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, she's black and a woman. She checks a lot of boxes. She also checks a third box. It says moron. Uh, Larry Trump. <laughs> That's your first slap oh, of the way, day. Can I, can I just say also, you know, as a woman, this is our first female vice president. And as much as, as I wanted another vice president in there, I think we all know, there was an opportunity that she had here. But she blew it for all of us as women. And I'll tell you what, as a woman, do not ever give me a job, a title, a position, an award, anything yeah. that I did not earn. You give me that position because I am the best person for that job, period. And what an embarrassment she is. She is, but I don't think she's ruined it for women. She, I mean, she she is awful. She's the worst vice president in the history of this country, and, and Joe may be the worst president. But, for example, when your father wins, not if, when he wins the Republican primary, and it comes time to pick somebody. I just had Carrie Lake in studio here last week out of Arizona. Loved her. She was here for an hour. Uh, I speak to Nancy May. She's had her differences with your father-in-law, but she loves him out in South Carolina. There's a lot of very impressive females that I think would be great choices for Donald Trump when, in fact, that day comes. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And the great news is that you know with Donald Trump that he will choose someone to be his vice presidential running mate, who is the best person for that job, who he believes can do the best for this country. And maybe it is a woman and maybe it is a person of color. Maybe it is these things, but that should not be the number one priority, of Great. course, when you are choosing someone of that caliber. Right, and, and it turns out Mike Pence is a backstabbing son of a bitch. He really is, but, but he was a pretty good vice president for a couple of years there, and he's not black, he's not a woman, he's none of that. He just a white guy from Indiana. But uh, Laura Trump does a great podcast. I mean, it's great. It's called The Right View. She's got great guests. And as you hear with me, she's funny. She's glib. She's smart. She's terrific. Folks, check it out, The Right View with uh, Laura Trump. You know, you mentioned you enjoyed the July 4th holiday yesterday with Eric and the kids, and so did I. And, you know, I watched the, the fireworks. And I'm going to be honest. At one point watching fireworks over the weekend, I felt myself feeling a little solemn. I did, and introspective, and when I talk to myself, which I do often, I'm not crazy, I figured out that I'm so down on this administration, I'm so down on my city and my state between Adams and Hochul, I'm so down on how I know leaders around the world feel about us right now, that even though I still love this country and I still think we're the best, despite Biden's best uh, plans to destroy that, we're still the best. But I really felt like we could be a heck of a lot better. So I didn't really enjoy it as much as I should. Is that fair? Yeah, and it's a shame. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And and what a sad spot to find ourselves in in the United States of America in 2023. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, we are a relatively young country. And look how much we have achieved in our you know time. It's kind of amazing to see, and, and yet you see so many people dumping 
on this country, saying that we're a racist country, saying we're a horrible country. We need to start over. Let's get rid of it all. There is no better place in the world that would provide more opportunity where you can go and you can be anything you want to be if you work hard, if you are willing to put in the time and the effort. And it's really sad that people are feeling this way. But I think people, unfortunately, said are pessimistic because Quite frankly, there is no end in sight right now. We know that even if we make it to 2024 and, God willing, we get Donald Trump back in the White House to turn things around, man, does he have a hole to dig us out of. We've got a lot of work (laughs) to do just to get ourselves back to some equilibrium of some variety. But I believe our best days are still ahead of us. I know my father-in-law does as well. There are far more people who love this country and want to see us succeed than on the other side of things. And so I think, look, July 4th, America's birthday, happy birthday to America. Let's hope that two years from now we can really celebrate because we are really on a path to bring this country back and to get, you know, get our footing on the world stage again and really see the best and brightest days ahead of us. Well said. That was perfect. And uh, with all the work that has to be done uh, we need the guy that will get, get us uh, out there quickly, and that's your father-in-law. He will get it done very, very quickly. By the way, before I hang up here, Lara, you have been killing it in the gym. I do follow you on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> you're like an animal. Look at you, huh? You're, 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 oh, my God. Good stuff. Well, it's you know what? I never wanted to post those videos, and my husband was always like, everyone always asks me, when are you posting another workout video? I was like, okay, I'll post <laughs> another workout video. I try. That's great. You know, whenever we're hanging out in the gym together, said I'll be there. Oh, uh, listen, it's great. It's very inspirational. I'm not going to lie. I look at it. I go to the gym. I'm like, hey, here I go. Like Larry Trump today. Here I go. Oh. Anna, you look great, and uh, you sound great. And, again, folks should check out your podcast, The Right View. It is terrific. And, as always, Larry Trump, the day after our country's birthday, thank you so much for hopping on today. Give my best to your father-in-law. We'll do it again very, very soon. Thank you so much. You got it. Thanks, Ed. You're the best. Laura Trump.